I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of the Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you by the 2024 Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide. Order now to secure your copy and use the bonus code FF24CF to get £5 off your purchase. It's the complete guide to the festival with every fact, stat and trend covered to help you make the most informed bets throughout the best week of the year. To get £5 off your purchase of the print and digital editions as well as the print and digital bundle, use our exclusive bonus code ff 24 CF at checkout at weatherbyshop.co.uk. Welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast, or what we should call the Emergency Constitution Hill Special, because the three of us just did our championship preview for Cheltenham, and the second we all got off air, Chaos! Chaos as our phones light up! The news about Constitution Hill is not good. As we're recording this now, he's still in, but we're going to play you the clip of him uh, doing his gallop. I sent this to Lizzie Kelly, and she said, which of the two is Constitution Hill? And when I told her, no, 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 he's not the two at the top. He's in the green out the back. She did not believe me for well over a minute and said there is no chance that that horse goes to Cheltenham. I spoke with Ross Millar. Uh, Katie Young and George Gorman, who of course are regulars on the Final Frontal Podcast, they all retain hope that he can make it, but none of them really believe that he can. Question for you then, Paul Ferguson, is somebody who has interviewed Nicky Henderson on numerous occasions. I'm sure you've seen the racing TV interview. He looked crestfallen, not good at all, and highly unlikely that he would make Cheltenham now on the back of that. I'd certainly be no expert and not in the... um... In this, at the same capacity to speak as the people you've just touched upon in in terms of horse welfare, but um, to my eye, it didn't. It, it's well, well it, it didn't. It didn't. It certainly looks like he'd be up against it to say the very least, and I think that was the word that Nicky actually used. Um, he, he did refer to the fact that he could be over it within a week. I've only literally just seen the clip to be honest with the interview. He said that there's a chance he could be over it within a week on antibiotics, but. Um, I wouldn't. You look at that. You would think. Uh, you would think there has to be a strong possibility that, unfortunately, you won't be there. But never know at this stage. Um, we live in hope. Obviously, it'd be bitterly disappointing if if he, if he wasn't to turn up because, and already weak in terms of strength and depth, um, champion hurdle would look pretty thin on the ground if he doesn't run. We are still waiting for full word about what has happened. But Adam, there's a number of concerns. First of all. He's gone for a race course gallop. You would imagine that's putting the finishing touches on his fitness. I know that Nicky was saying beforehand that he was pretty much fit enough already, but that would have been the final piece of the puzzle, and it's gone terribly badly wrong. He's now going to have to be on the easy list for a few days anyway, so even if he was to make it to Cheltenham, he would still be compromised. Yeah, he would be. Um, I saw a really good um, short video from Ross Millar, actually, where he explained about the antibiotic process and it's sort of, they're either five or ten day courses. I don't know. I, I guess for for me, like judging from Nicky's reaction on that racing TV interview, he looks like a man who's decided he's probably not going. 
Um, so yeah. obviously they'll wait for the lab results. They'll see what it shows. You know, it can get over it. It's not impossible. Lots of people I see have been tweeting about how this happened with binocular in 2010 and he was out of Cheltenham and then somehow made it and ended up winning. But I don't know. It, it kind of makes a bit of a... I really hope he does make it because otherwise this race is even worse than it was before. I think we'll just replace one one to four on favourite with another. Um, you know, speaking as someone who had a couple of dirty each way bets on state, man, I'm not not entirely like haven't lost my mind over it, but it's it's really sad for racing if he's not there because suddenly the champion hurdle, well, they might as well move it to the end of the car because it will just be the most pointless race. In Nicky's defence, if they had run him in the Beulah, which this is the second time he scoped bad in the space of a month, month and a half maybe, on what he did today in that race course gallop, he would have been lapped. So not going to the Unibet hurdle makes absolute sense. Doesn't that in itself tell you that he's not going to make Cheltenham? Because if Nicky has been telling that great interview with Matt Brocklebank last week where he's saying, well, you, you can't have him, he can't run if he's not right. Well, he's clearly not right there. And if you spent all season saying we're not going to run him in the Fighting Fifth because of the ground and its close proximity to the Christmas hurdle, we're not going to run him in the Unibet hurdle because he scoped bad, we're not going to run him in the Irish Champion hurdle because it's an away day on Willie Mullins' playground, then how in the name of God could you run him in the Champion hurdle on the back of that? Two weeks later, yeah, I'd say I'd say there that that is another valid point is the fact that he has scoped bad, um, scoped badly. So when end of January or probably before um, trials day, so he must have thought he was obviously fully over the effect, but something's obviously been lingering for um, a bit of a period of time now, which would be probably yeah. something that I'd be more concerned about. It's like it's obviously gone on now for a spell of time. I'm sure that. Um, Nicky and his team must have thought that he was fully recovered because you wouldn't you wouldn't take him to a race course gallop expecting anything to go wrong if there was any if they thought there was any chance of that I would have thought he'd be kept behind closed doors for um, his last couple of pieces of work he would have thought because he would know that there's you can't go to a race course gallop nowadays without the cameras being on you or someone will have um, some sort of footage so they must have you can only you can only assume that they they thought he'd fully recovered and maybe maybe it's a completely different different issue but you would imagine. But it's a reoccurrence of the same of the same thing. I would have thought, and that then becomes um, a more alarming concern. I would have thought because you say that's probably been going on now for the space of um, well over a month, whatever it is that's uh, that's causing the issue. Yeah, the, the, yard, the yard form has got to be a bit of a a pointer as well. I think I'm right in saying they've had thir- the last thirteen runners, six or seven have failed to finish. So maybe there's something in the yard. No one really knows. Hopefully he keeps Sergino as far away from Constitution as possible, but I guess it's they're not they're not going to take a risk. And the fact it's happened in public has probably forced their hand in terms of going out straight away and saying we found the issue. But I don't know. There's, there's part of me thinks he's he's five to four non-runner no bet with one firm, and that kind of like makes me think maybe I should I should look at that. But I'd be I reckon he's got to be three to one to turn up. Yeah. I'd nearly go even bigger than that, actually, from just to run. They've had 13 runners from Nicky Henderson's yard in the last 14 days. One winner. Six horses have been pulled up. In fact, it's seven. And they were not massive prices. They were six to one, 11 to two, four to one, 12 to one, nine to two, nine to two, and 12 to one. Uh, something's not right. And that'll be one of the greatest training performances of all time if they can pull it back. And if I remember correctly, wasn't Binocular ruled out of the champion hurdle in January? It wasn't. He wasn't ruled out two weeks before the race. 
Uh, no, I can't, I can't remember exactly, uh, but I think it was it wasn't as close as close to the championnette as this. I'm sure. It's a real shame because he would have absolutely crushed this field, absolutely laughed at them. Um, look, we'll proceed under the idea that he is going to be there, but there's going to be musical chairs as well because the implications of Constitution Hill missing the champion hurdle means Lossy Mouth could potentially slot in, although Paul does not agree with that. Irish Point will almost certainly slot in to the champion hurdle. Um, Paul, we've only got you for another few minutes, so let's talk about your thoughts on the champion hurdle now. Constitution Hill is still there. He's miles clear on time form. He's 10 pounds clear on time form, and he still has a P beside his name with that 188, where a state man, they're of the opinion 178 is the absolute limit of his capabilities um, or the maximum capability that, that he has. It's also worth pointing out that the excellent work Paige Fuller does with Race IQ shows Constitution Hill gains ground at his hurdles where a state man loses ground. So even if if they did meet and Constitution Hill is back to top form, he'll win, basically. Um, but I'd agree with Adam. He's odds against to even make the race now at this point. How do you now approach a champion hurdle where state man has become the odds-on favourite, Paul? I think, to be honest, trying to, try, trying to look at the race now, like minutes after that news has um, come through is probably... It's probably not the ideal thing to do. You probably need best best to everyone to let things the dust settle and things before you um, dive in. By the time people get to to watch this, by the time it's um, put out later on, there might be a bit more news. But I'd say it'd be in the next day or two before we hear anything else. I would have thought. I don't know how, how long these things take, but I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect any knee jerk reaction right away. Um, look, if it, when we recorded earlier, I think we were all in. It was unanimous call that he'd, he'd win convincingly, like he did last year. In terms of natural ability, I'd still go along with that. But even if he does make it to the race, it's far, far from an ideal preparation. Whereas Stateman uh, has obviously gone through his season. He's not as good a horse as Constitutional. We know that, but he's gone through the season without any issues and won his three great ones. Um, so that would have to be factored in. As you say, for players, we, we were talking about who might who might make up the field earlier. Um, and we were struggling for numbers then. <laughs> and... It might well be the case. I, I can't see if Stateman's there on the day, and there's no reason why, why he won't be at this stage. Um, I, I can't see Lossy Mouth rerouting from the mares personally, just just because Constitution Hills. I don't see why that would would really make you um, make them change their mind. Um, Irish Point, on the other hand, who um, yourself and Adam will go on to look at both the mares hurdle and stairs hurdle. Uh, I was in the same camp as Adam that Irish Point was my idea of the stairs hurdle winner. Um, so I'd be slightly disappointed, but I could see more reason why you might take a chance now, especially if the ground's soft. Um, obviously, without Constitution Hill, he's, he's probably looking at only having state man to beat. Assuming Lossy Mouth does still go over the mare's hurdle, um, where she would look to be the one to beat herself. So, yeah, there's going to be a small field, four or five runners. He'd be an interesting runner at this point, but I thought prior to this news, he, he would have been at best playing for third place. Um, whereas in the state, as he looked to all, held a leading chance with um, the same owner trainer combination as Tiupu, so it'll be interesting. I think we'll we'll probably find out more. But again, I don't think any any decisions will be made until um, until things become clear with constitutional really. And who is your pick for the stairs hurdle in the absence of Irish Point, assuming constitutional is out, and then Gordon goes for the champion hurdle with him? I, I think Tiupu is probably the one to beat there. Then. But but he would again the proviso um, would be soft ground, 
Um, Crambo's the up-and-coming one this side of the Irish Sea, but um, I had Irish points a fair way ahead of him. To be honest, he finished 17 and a half lengths ahead of him in the uh, Mersey Novice ain't you last year. Um, and again, equally on both upward curves. So, whether again, this probably will have an impact on where Irish point ends up, but um, for me, his best chance of winning the Cheltenham would still probably be in the Stayers hurdle than taking on Stateman personally. The good news, for me anyway, with the Constitution Hill development is that Paul is now on my team with Tihupu, but Adam and I will delve further into this. <laughs> Only by default, but we'll delve further into this in the stairs hurdle a little bit later on. Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide is available for you to buy right now at weatherbyshop.co.uk or weatherbyshop.ie. The promo code to get you £5, £5 off your purchase of the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide Digital copy, print copy, or the print and digital bundle is FF24CF. That's FF24CF. Five pounds off your purchase of the essential guide for Cheltenham. Stats, trends, profiles, Rory DeLarge's banker or bust, uh, Sam Turner's expert tipping inside, Jess Stafford with some brilliant pedigree angles, and of course, horses to follow uh, for the spring from Paul Ferguson and Don McLean. Uh, does a brilliant profile of the Irish runners as well. That is available for you right now at weatherbyshop.co.uk. Do not bet on Cheltenham without Paul Ferguson's excellent Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide. Paul, we'll chat to you again very, very soon, my friend. Cheers, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. Adam, in the presumed absence of Constitution Hill, the interesting to note that the sponsors, Unibet, who also sponsor Nicky Henderson, have gone odds against about him. Now, they're non-runner, they are not non-runner, no bet, I should say. Uh, They go six to four. So that's kind of telling you where this is heading. He is not going to line up, or at least it's highly unlikely that he does. Um, does anything appeal to you now? Is this, because in my mind, this is now a case of, first of all, I'm kicking myself that I didn't back state, man. And I really mean I am kicking myself that I didn't back state, man. But anyway, to me, this market is now just whole mad tough. It is. I mean, I think, so So if they're if they're going six to four, that probably takes into account the fact that they've probably got quite a few multis with him in. Before before the season started, he was sort of four to six. So there'll be a little bit of that. I mean, what price should Constitution Hill be now? Probably he should be whatever price you think he, sh- he is to turn up in the race. So I think three to one is fair. That's where I'd be sort of thinking. I, I don't really, I'm not going to back a horse. I don't know how, what his health is like. So... But that would probably be where I'm thinking. So by that logic, if I think Constitution Hill should be three to one to turn up, then I've probably got to make State Man one to three. You can back State Man right now at four to six. There is an angle that says go and have a little poke on State Man. But I would imagine that price on State Man is hinging on the results of this laboratory test. You know, I don't, I don't want to bet on laboratory tests what one thing i would say is if you wanted to have a bet now or indeed if constitution hill doesn't run then irish point becomes interesting to me if i think irish point is going to win the stayers i've got to think that he's good enough to at least chase home state man in the champion hurdle and when i look at this champion hurdle field let's imagine constitution hill doesn't run we've got state man and then what? Lossy Mouth is definitely going to run in the mares because why would the yard win 
throw two darts at one race when they could potentially win both with odds on favourites. So then you're looking at like, well, not so sleepy's going to run. Lovely horse, the age of 12, I can't be having him. Colonel Mustard's not good. Did you did you see the tweet today? I haven't seen, no, I haven't. Huey Morrison just wins Twitter every single time, but today's one, we'll put it up on, on the uh, YouTube for those who are watching. It's uh, Thierry Henry reaching out to Jamie Carragher's leg when they announced that Brendan Rodgers was being oh, fired. Okay, yeah. I, have, I didn't realise that was but, not so sleepy. I've just seen the picture. Yeah, okay, I'm with you now. Yeah. But it's not so sleepy as Henri. It's brilliant. Well, I mean, then you're starting to look and think. I think if Constitution Hill doesn't run, the Mullins Yard probably think about Zarak the Brave, don't they? In terms of... Oh, yeah. They must be looking and thinking, well, at worst, we'll chase home state, man. So he's got to become into the mix. I don't think anything else is good enough, quite frankly. And let's face it, it's not like State Man was a tens chance. State Man is head and shoulders above the rest. And if Constitutional doesn't turn up, I'd expect State Man to probably go off at two to seven, one to four. Our Irish point is maybe I'm just thinking that he would win the stairs easily, but I'm also thinking the champion hurdle, he's probably the second best horse by some distance on the assumption that the that, that constitutional doesn't make it. So there is probably a little bit of juice in his price from an each way perspective, because if you're looking at genuine grade one performers, state man is the big dog, but Irish point is probably the next best. But that being said, I mean, you, you just, you can't have a bet until you really know with constitution Hill, in my opinion, you'd have to, because you're betting on the vet. And let's face it, yeah. if they if they turned Constitution Hill around, got him well, and he turns up on the day, what price is he going to be? He's still going to be the odds on favourite. So it's just it's, it's far too much of an impact on the market for me to form a strong opinion. What I will say is I think it forces Irish Point into the race. I think if they were 50-50, unless the ground came up good and they gave Tihupu no chance, Irish Point surely comes here now. I don't know. It's just such a mess. It can't really, you shouldn't really have a an instant bet because you know what? They might turn around and say five days of antibiotics and the fab's back in, in which case he probably still wins. But I, I just don't, I'm not really sure where, where I'd want to put my money right now. It's from what we recorded this morning when I thought, well, Constitution Hill's a certainty, State Man's a certainty to win a second. My logic should be if Constitution Hill's out of the way, State Man's a certainty to win the race. And I think most people will be of the opinion that one of those two will win the champion hurdle easily. So do I really want to be trying to find some sort of clever each way for the place money? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I feel obliged to play devil's advocate here. Irish Point was beaten by Marie Nationale in the Royal Bond. Marie Nationale's Arkle aspirations have taken a dent after being beaten in the Irish Arkle. Does Barry Connell fork out the twenty-two grand to supplement for the champion hurdle with Constitution Hill out of the way? No, he doesn't. And the reason he doesn't is because the horse Marine Nationale beat in the Supreme, Fasal Vega, has been proven to be a bit of a boat. So, and I, I just think you have to draw. Look at all the. If you look at Marine Nationale's hurdle form in isolation, he beat Fasal Vega and Diverge. Neither of those horses would lay a glove on State Man in a two-mile hurdle. So you could go to the Arkle 
with a good chance if you can get Marine National right, or you could come to the champion hurdle and finish second. You've got to roll the dice for the Arkle, surely. And what what do you if if they're long term plans with Marine National are that he is perhaps a champion chaser of the future or Ryan Airhorse of the future? What's the point in dropping back to a hurdle race? Now, if something yeah. happens to State Man, by all means, because if State Man was God forbid that he was to get injured, suddenly we'll have a 20 runner champion hurdle with all these handicaps rolling the dice because it becomes wide open. But all, all that's really happened today is if Constitution Hill is out, then we've just replaced one one to four on favourite with another one. Yeah, I think that's the best way of looking at this. State Man is the most likely winner. I I don't think he has it all his own way with Irish points in the field. And I think Irish point is a serious weapon. And I would prefer him in the champion hurdle to the stairs. But look, I'm very biased on that because you know that I'm up to my eyeballs on Tihupu for the stairs. So get him out of the way, please, Gordon. Thanks very much. But I actually do think, particularly on soft ground, he would give State Manor a real run for his money. And I need to look at Paige Fuller's race IQ data on Irish point. But I know that State Man loses ground at his hurdles. You were saying in the previous show that you didn't think Stateman handled the old course as well as he handled the new course, which I thought was an interesting angle too. He's the most likely winner, but it's not like he's going in as the bomb-proof favourite that Constitution Hill was. He's not, but the the whole makeup of the race changes because if Constitution yeah. Hill's not in there, then Paul Townend can just take a lead. I mean, I'd imagine not so sleepy will make the running, probably. You know, would Nikki Henderson run Lucia in the race if 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 Constitution Hill was not there? Don't know. She was going to run. She was going to run anyway. She was going to run anyway, but I wonder quite what the plan was with running her. I'm not sure. Zarek the Brave, maybe he'd, well, he'd run. And they sorry to cut across you, but like in the previous show, I was tipping Shishkin to win the Gold Cup, and I'll be completely honest. Like I spent hours in the form book yesterday. Hours. And I was looking at Barry Connell's stable form and going, geez, I don't know about how he's been doing this season. Um, I think Mouse Morris has had two winners all season in Ireland from 44 runners. He's had two winners in the UK from three horses to run, but only two winners all season in Ireland. He has had 13 horses place over hurdles from, I think, 27 or 28 runners. But I never looked at Nicky Henderson's stats. And my God, that's awful. Like I could not back Shishkin for a Gold Cup if his stable form continues this way. But at least I've seen Shishkin and he's won a Gold Cup trial and four horses that have won that race in the last 17 years have emerged victorious in the Gold Cup. But this is a long-winded way of saying I wouldn't like Lucia for this at all, given the stable form. No, I I don't. I mean, what, what I would say, if we assume Constitution Hill is out, then maybe actually one or two more horses might turn up. And the reason I say that is because before before all this happened, you had Constitution Hill and State Man, what, 10 pounds clear of the rest at least? Yeah. Suddenly, if one of those is out of the way, a few sets of connections might look and think, well, we could finish eighth or ninth in a county hurdle, or we could finish third in a champion hurdle. And that might just persuade if one or two more sort of not social runners, but those that are sort of hovering over the handicap route as to what they're going to do, to think, well, maybe we'll, we'll come and have a go. Now, I'm not certain on that, of course, but it maybe opens the race up a little bit. I would still think State Man is the most likely winner because without Constitution Hill, the race becomes about State Man. Paul Townend doesn't have to think about anything else. He can just ride State Man the way he's been riding him, and it should be enough. 
the I guess the the other thing I would say in my please Gordon listen to me and run Irish Point in the stairs is surely if Constitution Hill's not there, the connections will look at Bob Ollinger and think he's chased home state man once he could do it again. Maybe. Now, obviously, I know they've got his entry in mind, I think is their big plan and you know, fair play to him, probably. But there's just that little voice in my head that thinks, well, maybe they'll look and think we could pick up second place in the champion hurdle with him. It's not. Let's hope State Man makes it, because otherwise this becomes one of those kind of like throw the balls up in the air champion hurdles. But I was really sort of, oh, I don't know, I just, I can't, I can't make head nor tail of this race, so I can't have a thought about it. The only thought I would agree with what Paul said, that there's no way Lossie Mouth runs here. Because surely, yeah. why, why would the stable take on their own horse effectively? You know that that that's got a, that would be my my main thought is what what would be the point? Well, they might have done it if Gala Marceau had won the other day, but suddenly the mare's hurdle hand has gotten weaker, and they've got a reasonable backup in Echoes and Rain. Like I would imagine that this is her final season in training. They've tried her in the mare's hurdle a couple of times. It doesn't work. I don't think she stays. Um, over that distance, which is ironic because she gets two miles on the flat doing handstands, but two mile four just seems to stretch her a little bit. Um, soft ground, Willie Mullins with Authorised does really well at Cheltenham. She's no longer the 40 to one shot that she was. I think she is with Unibet still because they're not non runner no bet. But if you're betting with everybody else, uh, she's like, this is the thing. Like a horse like Echoes and Rain would really interest me, but you, you, they are pricing up all of these horses as though it's race day. And they're trying to get them to as close the price that they would be on race day. But that's not actually accurate. And you were talking earlier on about the overround for the Ryanair, which is just embarrassing. Uh, like, is it 90% or 80% of the book is taken up by two horses? One who definitely won't run in El Fabiolo and the other in Bambridge, who's a serious doubt if the ground has softened the description. Unless there's good, he he will not run. So, like Echoes and Rain's a 20 shot at least on the day, and yet you're being asked to take 16 to 1 now. And you are almost certainly now going to get eight runners. The idea of, like, that's the other thing. You look at the vast majority of these bookmakers, they're going two places a quarter of the odds. You will get three places on the day because if he's not there, if Constitution Hill is gone, everyone's going to flood this race. Yeah, I think you might find that if he's not there, so like that, Nimian line would be one I'd think of would probably take their chance. Um, yeah. You know, you... You'd, Again, I don't. I wouldn't want to back any of these each way because I think the win price is just wrong. Most of these horses would be fifties if we were talking win only. So yeah. why would I want to take twenties? But there, there, there's a possibility there. I mean, this race kind of it still revolves around one horse. We just switched to another one. State man, I don't think is quite as bomb proof, but I still think he's got so much form in the book that he'll scare off enough. To, to sort of leave him around that kind of one to three, one to four mark. And I think it makes Paul Townley's job so much easier because he doesn't have to think now. He can just ride state man like state man who bolts up every time he turns up at Leopardstown. So it's messy. It has, it has more of a knock-on effect on, on probably the stayers hurdle because it will take the most likely winner of the stayers hurdle out because he'll almost certainly go for the champion hurdle now. And why wouldn't they? If you're Gordon oh, yeah. We can think as long as it's soft ground, we've got a great chance in the stairs. We've got a very good chance in a champion hurdle. 
So, you know, it's, it's sort of, it hurts a bit for the stairs hurdle for me because it leaves what I thought was the, the most likely winner going to the wrong race, but fair play to them. I can see why they would do that. He's the bet for me. Um, he's also the one horse that I think might stop Bob Ollinger turning up here. But that's a really good point. If Bob Ollinger was supplemented, it's only, I think it's 22 and a half grand. Um, he has five lengths to make up with Stateman, but say they get soft ground, maybe even if they got his heavy ground. Like he's bolted up in a Raquel. You're at Cheltenham. He goes really well at the Cheltenham Festival. He's won twice there. Um, he'd be very interesting. Very, very interesting. You would do. I think they'd look at it. If it's 20 or grand to supplement in, you've got to finish in the first four to get that back. Well, I think we can pretty much say Bob Ollinger is capable of finishing in the first four in the form he's been in this season. The, the, the scenario in my head would be if the ground dried out and they thought by the Thursday it was going to be good to soft, that's when they might be looking at the long-range weather forecast and thinking, okay, we'll supplement Bob Ollinger in because then we can have two darts at the stairs hurdle if the ground turns against the hoop. But I don't, I don't know. I don't really know the inner workings of Rob Cornell. That's going to sort of all play out. But I think what you'll probably find with the champion hurdle is if Constitution Hill is out, maybe one or two who are running in the mayor's hurdle, like Echoes in Rain, with a bit of suspect stamina, they'll probably definitely go in the champion hurdle. Suddenly, you know, you might scrape an eight-runner race together, but I still think the favourite will win. I don't really... I'm not sure I'd want to be massively against state man, but if the ground was really bad or, you know, Irish point, if he, if I knew he was definitely going to run, would probably be a fair each way bet because I think you'll probably get nine to two about him, something like that. Well, he, if he turns up, he's definitely going to be in the three in the absence of Constitution Hill. Yeah, I'm just refreshing the page to make absolutely certain he is still that point. He is. He's six to one. He's nine to two at one firm, but he's generally a six to one shot. You can get 14 to 1 about him, and that would be my bet, because there's no way he'll be double figures. And you you won't get bigger than fives on the day. And I don't think you'll even get that. Um, so for those who are going each way, one, two, three, Irish point is the scumbag each way angle in the champion hurdle. Um, do it, Gordon. Do it, because if he's in the champion hurdle, then it makes my bet in the stairs hurdle look a lot better. Um which is very much uh, Tihupu, who has already been cut by one firm into nine to four on the back of this news because they're already anticipating that his stable companion will indeed go for the feature race on day one as opposed to the feature race on day three. Uh, Tihupu, three to one. Irish Point, still a seven to two shot, but unlikely to run, you would think. Crambo for Fergal O'Brien, who will be on the show tomorrow, six to one. Noble Yates, who won the trial for this on trials day at Cheltenham, a 10 to one shot. Surely he needs nine miles these days. Uh, Sir Gerard, a 10 to one shot. Flooring Porter, former dual winner of the race. And to be fair to him, had a setback in the lead up to the race last year, 14 to one. And it seems as though his connections are very much considering it. The old boy, Paisley Park, a former winner, 16 to one. What does this mean in your mind now with the constitutional news for the stairs hurdle with your main selection, basically, we think being rerouted to the Tuesday, do I dare even mention the fact that your real main selection is on the sidelines in France? This has not been a good race for you, basically, Adam. It's not. I'm just going to have a cup of tea and just start studying the plate. I, think, I don't know. This this race just... I mean, the first thing I'd say is, oh, if, if Philem was here, he'd absolutely... He'd, he'd win by furlong. This is such a, a weird race. Irish points should be running here, but they're, they're going to be lured by the champion hurdle. 
can just see it. And I think Gordon would just love to get one over Willie. So I just think he probably will think. Uh, the other thing I would say with Irish Point is he's only six. So you could have a run in a champion hurdle now. If it doesn't work out, you've always got the stairs for next year. Uh, if it's soft ground, I'll have to join you with Team T Hoopoo, but I'm I'm just not sold on him. I don't like him. If he couldn't win last year's race, why would I back him for this year's? Crambo, I think, is a good horse, but I always would take the view British form is substandard compared to Irish form. And as good as he was at Ascot, yeah, I, I can make enough holes in that form to make me think... I don't know. It is be as great, as wonderful as Paisley Park and Dashiell Drasher and Champ are. They're all double figures in terms of age. They've all been around the track far too many times. They're, none of them are improving. So scraping home past them, you'd like to think there's an Irish horse probably with more in the book. Flooring Port is definitely interesting. And I think he will probably run here. The noises from the yard would seem to suggest they were seriously considering it. And I think he'd probably be the pace angle. So that would, that would kind of suggest he's a little bit overpriced. The other one who's, who is overpriced if they came here is Monkfish because he's an Albert Bartlett winner. I know he's got a gold cup entry as well, but I just wonder if they would look at this race and think it might be worth chancing him here. Certainly got abilities, obviously, you know, pretty fragile. I don't know. One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to back one of these veterans who's got loads of miles on the clock. You know, if Paisley Park wins, great. What a story for racing. That's enough. But at the same time, I don't want to to be chasing 11 and 12-year-olds in a stairs hurdle. So what I will say to you is is this is, this looks like it's falling to Hoopoo's way in terms of at, at Christmas time, his two main challenges in the market. One of them sadly got injured and hasn't made it. The other one's going to reroute to a champion hurdle. You know, if he doesn't win this year, Emmett, he's never going to win one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That I would agree with. Uh, Absolutely agree with. I I would just say this is not the first time that I've heard that, well, if he couldn't win it last year, why would he win it this year? Iris' gift. Iris's gift was six when he was beaten in the stairs hurdle by Barracuda. He came out a year later as a seven-year-old and won it. And my thought process at the time with this horse is, first of all, he wasn't given a very good ride by Davy Russell. That was not Davy's finest hour. Um, and secondly, he probably just lacked the mental maturity and the full physical development to be able to go through with the stairs hurdle. And the biggest tip for this horse is the fact that the second he beats Imperi Pass, who at the time... Imperia Pass was the threat to Constitution Hill. He was the one we were all excited about as being the new champion hurdle kid on the block. And Gordon instantly says, and that's it, straight to Cheltenham. Because he's of the opinion that he was just flat after the Galmoy. That, that, that he's just at his best fresh. This is his race. The big French challenger is gone. His stable mate is probably gone. He'll run on the Tuesday. So you're... Your big worry is the old boys. And it's been nice to see Paisley Park running so well this season. It's been heartwarming and frustrating for him not to win. 
I'm pretty sure Emma Lavelle let off, let out an F bomb in the in the parade ring at Cheltenham the other day when he didn't quite get up against Noble Yates. Um, like he's an admirable horse. Dashiell Drasher is a lovely horse. His trainer is someone I have a lot of time for. In fairness, Sire de Burley won this race last year. That form actually looks quite good. Sire de Burley has gone to Aintree and backed that form up by winning the grade one there. Dashiell Drasher has come out this season and won one of the stairs hurdle trials. He wins. Tihupu just wins. He's better than all of these. And he's got an Irish mark of, what, 160, 161. Crambo's on 157. So officially, he's the he's the best horse in the race. Um, he's the best horse in the race on time form. Uh, obviously, he's not because the horse from France has got the best rating, but unfortunately, he's not there. Uh, he's got 174 for time form. His RPRs would be high as well. He's on 172, which is two pounds clear of last year's winner, Sire de Burley. He's a player. He's a player. He'll, he'll be better than he ran the other day. He'll have needed that run quite badly. It was his first run of the season, and it was the exact same thing last season. He was beaten 10 lengths that day, came out and won the stairs hurdle. It's just a little bit worse this time. He's been beaten 25 lengths by Hidden Valley Lake, and he just the fire didn't seem to be there. But I would not underestimate him at all. He's a dual pretemps winner. He's a stairs hurdle winner. He's a serious player. But... If Tihupu can't beat a 12-year-old sire de Burley, then I really will throw my hat at the wall and say, what are we doing here? Um, and, and look, the form with Imperial Pass isn't, like, that's good form. He's then gone and beaten Stateman. Oh, sorry, he's gone, beaten Stateman. He's gone and got close to Stateman, and Stateman's now the odds-on favorite for the champion hurdle with the Constitution Hill news. George Gorman was saying to me, I wonder, is it possible Imperial Pass gets supplemented for the champion hurdle? I'm pretty certain Isaac Swade and Sam Munir will be seething that they took him out of Cheltenham because he would at least be second. At least he'd be second with no Bob Ollinger there. Um, but look, we'll have to see if if they do decide to pump him in and they've got the money to do it. Tihupu wins, basically. And with, with all due respect to the British, the fact that Noble Yates can beat them, like that's some training performance from Mullins. And this is not the way this is supposed to go. You're supposed to win a stairs hurdle and then a Grand National. Not a Grand National and then stairs hurdle trials. But you can't seriously think that that means any of those horses are good enough to come and win this. Crambo's the danger. He is a threat. I'm I'm genuinely afraid of him. But I'd be shocked if Tihupu doesn't win it this year. And I think he's a cracking bet at 3-1. to one. I'm going to throw one at you from really left field, or it should be right field. But a horse at big prize, I think, will run well in this is a Styrian for Lange. Now, you've got to hold me back a little bit because we all know he's like the ex-wife. You look at him for a minute and then you remember why he's a nutcase. But what, <laughs> the, the one thing I would say about him is, is his Cheltenham record is not as bad as people make out. Fourth in the Supreme, albeit that, you know, that the old course doesn't suit him. Fourth in the Supreme. Ran pretty well in the Turners, finished third. They tried him in a Gold Cup, which was just a step too far. But what I would say about him is hurdle races on the new course, it favours you to get to the outside rail, particularly on soft ground. And the fact he likes to go to his right means he's going to end up on that outside rail. He can't, I don't think he can win, but I do think, the Cheltenham new course over hurdles will suit him. And I think they'll have to go here because there's nowhere else really to run. Yeah, He yeah. would sort of half interest me, but it would just be one of those sort of 
casual bets on the day, probably I'd, I'd go place only. I don't think he's quite got the minerals to win it. But he will run well on the new course. And he'll be one of those that everyone just thinks because he's a bit of a head case, we'll just ride him off. But on his day, he is quite a talented horse. And it's important to remember his better form is in the spring. Ran really well at Fairy House and Punchestown last year, albeit right-handed. But I wouldn't be entirely writing him off to sort of hit the frame at a big price. But I do agree with you. The way this race is falling, it's it's T. Hoopoo's time. Everything is in his ballpark and this is his time to land it. To be fair, Asterian Falange, I think, is is he 50s? The firms that are not non-running, I bet there's a, there's a bit of 50s out there, so... Talking about a horse that beat Monkfish, who's come out and won the Galmoy Hurdle and was second to Classical Dream at a track he's basically unbeatable at, I would not be putting you off that at all. And in an open renewal of the Stairs Hurdle, and make no mistake, it is an open renewal, uh, albeit that there's two, to my mind anyway, exciting young horses towards the top of the betting. But still, if one of those doesn't quite come forward, then this becomes wide open. He's massively overpriced. Um, problem is, he's a coastal path. And coastal paths just need everything to go spot on. Favois was terrific in the county hurdle last year, but you've seen him since, and he just, everything needs to go right for him. He's probably a player in the county hurdle again this season, by the way, because he's coming down the weights again. Um, Dan Skelton with a horse dropping in the weights? No, couldn't be. Not for Cheltenham. Langer, Dan, anyone? Jesus Christ. Um, you know why Willie Mullins doesn't win handicap chases at Cheltenham? Because his horses are trying. They're all running on their merits. And that's why he can't win handicap chases at Cheltenham. Um, Saunt Roy, speaking of, although, <laughs> Your Honour, may I present Saunt Roy, who's been highly tried this season and hasn't particularly performed and may very well bounce back to life in the Grand Annual later this week, or in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but he's another one. Like He looked like a champion hurdle winner when he won the county hurdle, but he needs everything to go right. They all do. Um, but at 50 to 1, I would not be putting you up. That's... That's actually a bet that would interest me um, to go and do potentially now uh, as an anti-post play because he will go here and I could see him being considerably shorter on the day. But it's my beloved Tihupu who is the nap of the championship races for me, uh, which brings us to the Maris hurdle. And look, if we're both in agreement that Lossie Mouth is still going to run, then the key question that I have to ask you about the 7-4 to four on favourite is, will she stay? Yeah. Of course she'll stay. I, I don't really have any... That's never really been in my head that she wouldn't stay. She's a great pretender. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be shot for it, but I think Benny DeGiri is the best mayor I've seen. Better than Annie Power, better than Apples Jade, better than any of them. She's a great pretender. She's better than Quivega. Yeah, I think so, because I just think Benny Benny had a bit of touch of class about her. And, and you know, the problem with Benny is really she didn't... She didn't sort of do it in a, in a way that everyone remembers. She won a mayor's hurdle. Everyone remembers the fact that Robbie Power made a mistake on Stormy Island and cost her the mayor's hurdle with Honeysuckle. No, no one ever looks back and says, Benny Dejou went to France and she didn't just bury, she buried the Boncourt in the French champion hurdle. And the Boncourt, most, most of the French dads I speak to thought she was bomb-proof. And Benny just went, yeah, I'll go, I'll go for an away day and I'll beat you. But anyway... <laughs> Shot fired, Nikki. There is there is a kind of look at I look at Lottie Mouse pedigree. Yes, there's great pretender, but the damn one over twelve furlongs on the flat on heavy ground. She's got a half sister by Sindar who won over two mile three in France. 
But I, I think the, the biggest point to this is we're all thinking she's got to stay a really stiffly run two and a half miles at Cheltenham. I look at the makeup of this race and think there's no massive pace angle. There's not four out and out front runners. Does she really need to be a dour stayer? This isn't three miles. This is two and a bit on the old course. And I just think all that Paul Town has got to do is keep her in contention because if this race was over two miles, what price would she be? One to four? She's she's definitely the best mare in this race. She's got the best turn of foot. She's got the best form in the book. And the way she won the other day, it wasn't like she limped over the line. She's going away from them. I, I, I don't really have any doubts about her staying. I certainly don't want to lay her. Yes, Gala Marceau bombing out is a bit of a shame, but I think we sometimes forget Gala Marceau had a flat career and ran as a two-year-old. And she's basically had three years of almost constant training. So we can perhaps forgive that maybe she's already peaked or maybe she needs more time. I'm not sure. But then if you question what Gala Marceau did the other day, suddenly you start to pull holes in the form of Astro Diamond. Lossie Mouth will definitely run here because this is a penalty kick, in my opinion. And the only thing Willie is chanting is, will she stay the trip? But I don't think necessarily this is going to be an end-to-end gallop. Last year's race was pretty steadily run. The first two were prominent throughout. So Lossy Mouth is really exciting. And I just, I think she'll stay. And I think if you look at other horses that have won mare's hurdles, their stamina wasn't as important as some of their speed. You know, Honeysuckle was a speedy enough horse to win two champion hurdles afterwards. Vroom Vroom Mag won this. She had the speed for two miles. Annie Power would have won this. She had the speed for two miles. It, it, isn't, it isn't the kind of race that's sort of a desperate gallop. That's Horses don't win the mayor's hurdle and then go up to three miles, with the exception of Corvega. But it is, it is the kind of race that I think there's no obvious pace it's going to be run at a steady enough clip. And I just I just think Lossy Mouth wins. I don't really want to take her on. There, there are a couple that interest me at big prices. I think Henry de Bromhead will be hoping and praying that it pours with rain. He's got Hispanic Moon, who obviously beat Gala Marcelli the other day. I think she's a little bit overlooked, actually. She's got some good form in the book. She's got entries in the Coral Cup and the Martin Pipe as well. I think Cheltenham should suit, but I will have a little alarm bell. She's won six times and five of those wins have been right-handed. So she's run okay left-handed. It's not like she can't go this way around. She could run well. The other one is Lantry Lady, who's the real unknown. So two runs in two seasons, but she's won them both. Henry de Bromhead said after the win at Gorin that he thinks she needs it soft. But I think if the rain came, they'd probably take their chance. She could be anything, really. She's probably a little bit overpriced, but it's another one of those races where if I think the favourite is a fair price at four to six, four to seven, should I really be having an each way bet when I think the win part is probably wrong? Maybe not. But yeah, I've I've no doubts about her staying. I think Lossie Mouth is by far the most likely winner. I think she'll stay. And I think if she wins this, there's nothing to stop them then coming back to two miles if they need to. I'd agree with all of that. Um, I'm just looking at my WhatsApp, which is bizarre. Uh, it's on the screen here. Um, after you made that point about Nikki Anderson having seven horses pull up uh, in the last few days, uh, a friend of mine sent me a WhatsApp, not knowing we were having this conversation, saying the exact same thing, that it's eight days since he's had a winner. 
So, mm, uh, bit of a question mark. The the two horses that I was keen to, to talk about at, at big prices uh, are Love Envoy, who ran a massive race in this last year, and Marie's Rock. Uh, my enthusiasm for Marie's Rock would be tempered by the fact that Nikki's horses are not going particularly well at the moment. But he's got time to pull that through. And I'm pretty sure this happened before, where his horses weren't running well, and then suddenly... Great example is Aidan O'Brien uh, couldn't buy a winner heading to the 2000 Guineas, and then Glen Eagles absolutely bolted up, and they never looked back. Um, so things can change, but it's not ideal. Um, Marie's Rock has run to a rating that would be equal in recent years, anyway, at least at, at Aintree, to 155, a racing post rating of 155, which is what Lossiemouth did the other day. Um, Love Envoys, of course, I'm very keen on. Back on soft ground, there can't be any good in the description. It has to be soft. She has nine lengths to make up with Lossy Mouth from the other day, but going up and trip to a race that she ran a career high in last year, you'd imagine Harry Fry can get her back to that level. They're going to sell her after this. She's going to be sold at the Aintree sales because she's part of the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate and they don't do bloodstock. They don't breed, do breeding. So she's going to be a wonderful broodmare for somebody. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to win this race, but even if she came back to the very best that she had last year, do you think that would be good enough to beat Lossie Mouth, assuming you're all right and she will stay? I don't think he will, but I do think there are a couple of positives you can take. The fact she's going to the sales actually means she's going to be primed for her, because this is it. This is the last run of her career. If they thought she can't win a mayor's hurdle, you wouldn't run her. you just say, okay, yeah. we'll go to the sales. Why would you take the risk? What I would say about last year's race is it was a pretty steadily run affair. I thought she got a really good ride from Johnny Burke. And it it kind of developed into a sort of the front two were able to control it. Now, that scenario is very possible again, because there's nothing in here that's going to go off like a scalded cat. Maybe Astro Diamond goes forward, but I think I could definitely see Love Envoy hitting the frame without doubt. What I would be concerned about is if she jumps the last and Lossy Mouth, for example, is on terms with her. I think we can all agree that Lossy Mouth is a faster horse and Lossy Mouth has got much more improvement to come. I don't think she's peaked, whereas I think Love Envoy has, and we know where she is. But that being said, I think Love Envoy is a much more interesting proposition than Marie's Rock. The Henderson Yard, I, I don't mind the fact they haven't had that many winners because realistically, in the le weeks leading up to Cheltenham, what is he actually running? He's certainly not running his best horses. I think Nicky generally gets as far as Newbury and then it's kind of, that's it. If you haven't run before then, you're not likely to go. But the 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 six or seven that have pulled up is a real kind of alarm bell for me. If they're, if they're not finishing the race, that is a bit of a, a concern. But more with Marine's Rock, I just think she's had enough chances. She's had enough chances. I don't. I don't really like her attitude in a battle. I yeah. think everyone has got to fall perfectly right for her. And I just think if she jumped the last on terms with one or two horses, there are far there are more mares in here with better attitudes than she's got. So, yeah, Love Envoy is is. It wouldn't surprise me at all if she finished in the frame. But I think Lossie Mouth has got to underperform or not stay for Love Envoy to get the better of her. And to be fair, it's a great performance from Marie's Rock after getting thumped by Bob Ollinger in a race that she had won previously, the Raquel, to bounce back and beat last year's Mayor's Novice Hurdle winner, You Wear It Well, at Doncaster. The problem is You Wear It Well is then stuffed at odds on in her next start. And I mean battered. Now, 
maybe those two things don't equate and you were at well just had a really bad off day for Jimmy Snowden, but it doesn't exactly fill you with confidence. I do think she's interesting though, as a former winner of the race for Nikki Henderson with Nico de Boinville on board. 16 to 1 is is intriguing to me. I think Love Envo is intriguing. I'm probably more in Harry Fry's camp than I am Nikki's, and very concerned about the way Nikki's stable is at the moment. Uh, of the championship hurdlers that we have talked about, who are you most confident about for Cheltenham 2024, my friend? Well, I'm most confident about Lossie Mouth. Out of all of them, I think Lossie Mouth is, I just think she's bulletproof myself but you know I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong but i'll just I, I have this kind of view that i'll just stick with winning horses until they're beaten when when lossy mouth genuinely gets beaten then i'll know where she is but right now i just think she's she's a class above the standard of mare in that race so all i'm really having to worry about is will she stay the trip in what will probably be a field of 10 without an out and out gallop being set i'm quite happy with that I, I, I will still stick to the to my case that Irish Point should be running in the stairs. And if he is, he'd be one of my strongest fans of Wizards of the Festival. So therefore, if I think he'd win the stairs doing handstands, I've got to think he's got a decent chance of at least finishing second in a champion hurdle. How I would probably play that is I don't want to be getting involved anti-post where I don't know what, what the favourite's going to do or who's even going to be the favourite. But I might look on the day and think, State Man and Irish Point are probably a fair way clear of the rest and I'll just play a reverse forecast because the worst case scenario is I'll get my money back. But it's not a strong fancy because I just think he's not a two-mile horse. I think they're forcing him to be a two-mile horse. But if you take into example, he's he's beaten a few years ago admittedly, but he's beaten Ile Francais in a grade one bumper. Ile Francais is a three-mile chaser who's going to win the French Gold Cup and probably win the King George as well. Nothing there in the way that race panned out would suggest to me. I didn't watch that race in 2021 and think, there's the fir- there's the future champion hurdle winner. I thought, there's a really good staying prospect. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that at all. Um, I'm going to recommend a patent, but this comes with, uh, it, this is going to wind you up now, by the way, and it's not designed to do that at all. Um, but this is very much at a risk because this, I think you have to do this, not non-runner no bet. I think non-runner no bet's a great concession if you want to go and be absolutely certain that you can get your money back if your horse doesn't line up, which is obviously a terrific advantage to have, but you're not getting the fair price that you should. And I think for most of these horses, you will get a bigger price on the day. Not all, but the majority of them, the markets will be much more liquid and much more competitive on the day. So proceed with caution is what I'd say. So this is with the caveat that your money's gone if these horses don't turn up. Irish point for the champion hurdle is the first one. Um, and that's not designed to to piss you off, my man, but 14 to 1 is just too big. And and I'm pretty certain he will go. I'm fairly confident Lassie Mouth will win the Mare's Hurdle, but I don't have much of an interest in backing anything at odds on at Cheltenham. And Love Envo, I said this earlier in the season, if she can bounce back to the level of form that she showcased last year, she's in the first three at least. And if Lassie Mout doesn't stay for some reason, then she wins, I think. Um, and she's 12s, is that right? We're we getting 12s? Oh, we're getting 10s. Oh, shit, they're starting to cop on. Um, 
which then brings me to the absolute banker of the championship hurdle races and maybe the best bet of all the championship races. Tihupo wins! <laughs> all the dangers! I'm pretty sure we sent the snipers over to France to take out Telem, and then we incepted Gordon Elliott's mind. You know what, Gordon? You don't... He was dreaming soundly. We put on the inception equipment. You don't really want to run Irish Point in the stairs hurdle. You want to run him in the champion hurdle. And away we go. So, Tihupu, this is his year. This is his time. And he will win the stairs hurdle. Uh, Adam Mills, you're going to be back with us for more Cheltenham chat in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have, hopefully, stable tours with Henry de Bromhead and Fergal O'Brien to come your way very soon. Uh, Katie and George will be back in the podcast giving their insight. Lizzie Kelly will be here with us very, very soon as well. Uh, giving some expert insight, and I'm sure we'll have a round of Willie Mullins bingo and Nikki Henderson stable form watch on the show as well. It's a mad day. We had done this hours ago. Everything was grand. It was all cool, calm, and collected. It was all gravy, and then it was absolute chaos as Constitution Hill fell over the line in that race course gallop. I hope he's all right. If he can make the race, that's brilliant, but proceed with caution. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.